Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. If you've ever been told you still watch wrestling, you know it's fake, right? This show is for you. This, it's not fake, it's predetermined. I'm Thank your you. host, Garrett Callender. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that that intro this week. You mean that was very lively. Yeah, I'm hey, I'm in a good mood, man. That's awesome. Oh my god, I'm jealous. I meant to bring a drink in here. Go grab one. You got time? No, I I got water, but I I was going to have a beer. I'll save it for next time. How's that claw? Uh it's good. I went back to the original four flavors, so I've got a raspberry right now. Do you feel like you got burnt out on all the new ones you've been buying? No, I've got another case of the new ones. I just wanted oh. to go back to taste the old ones so that I All would right. appreciate the new ones even further. Is that part of the reason why you're in such a good mood? Um, I mean, this is my first one. So no, this that has nothing to do with it. I'm just excited right. to talk to you. I'm excited to talk to our listeners. I'm excited to talk to you too. Uh, we've got quite a few things to cover and, and a, kind of a, a, a heavy story because... I've been bugging you for a really long time about covering a certain subject on a certain person uh, for this podcast. And this week, it's kind of unavoidable that we kind of have to talk about it a little bit. So I'm excited. You would be. I knew that you were going to be excited about this one. I am. I didn't realize how excited I was until um, today. Well... (laughs) (laughs) Well, over the weekend, I was setting up a watch party with with a few of our listeners and friends and uh, just, you know, something to do. And while I was setting that up, I thought, oh, we could do the Crisp and Wah thing. And then eventually multiple people kind of said, no. <laughs> That's not supposed to be like a watch party viewing. Yeah, well, that's, I found that's if if you want to sit down and watch like a hard hitting documentary if you're a pro wrestling fan. Yeah, but I think it was in pretty good fashion of me to be like, you want to watch this fucked up thing? Oh, Sounds, yeah, that's totally on brand fun? for you. Let's see how this hits with this audience. So um, we ended up not doing that. We ended up uh, we did a Google Hangout and pulled up some stuff on YouTube. We watched Alley Cat versus Mance Warner. We were watching. A match where Effie and Danhausen were tagging together, and they were both in the Danhausen makeup. So, in the official Wrestle Hangout hangout for Predetermined, how many people did you have in that uh, that Google chat? Let's see. We had Chris from uh, the Curtain Jerks. We had our buddy Luke in L.A. We had Matt and Lowell up in Canada, and uh, Queen of the Ring joined in. Nice. I'm trying to think I'm, I have to be leaving somebody out. I feel like that was almost everybody. If I, I'm, if I'm leaving you out, I'm so sorry. We, we had so, a lot of claws that night. So, so you had a good six, six, seven person hangout. Yeah. Yeah. Sat around, watched some, some wrestling, shared some laughs. It was a true hangout, Derek. Did you, did you shake off some of that cabin fever you've been feeling lately? I have been doing so many of these virtual hangouts with people now. And it's so weird because we could have been doing this for years. Maybe. It's not new technology. I guess, yeah. I was going to say, didn't you used to do stuff like this in college? Video chat people? Yes. Aren't there, aren't there pictures and stuff on, fa- on your Facebook of you like in obscene pictures in the background? Like from 
Oh, I've yes. I've seen these we, pictures. You're right. We did figure out how to use green screen, <laughs> and that just resulted in us having chats where there would be obscene backgrounds behind us. Yeah, that does so sound... Yes, for, for, for upwards of a decade, this has been something that's possible. But now I'm like, the I, look at these friends I have. Let's talk and watch uh, some near-death experiences on YouTube together. So that's, that's your new uh, hobby that you've picked up here during the lockdown, during the quarantine. That and, of course, fucking Animal Collective. You can keep calling it Animal Collective, but that's not what it is. It's, it is Animal Collective. and It's Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Derek, I never would have thought I would get sucked into the world of Animal Crossing like I did. Well, let's fucking talk about that here at the top of the show, because last week that was kind of the big cliffhanger, was were people going to push you in the direction of uh, buying that game? And here we are a week later, and you bought the game the next fucking day. You didn't even let the, you didn't even let the people vote. They didn't have to vote. I could feel them. You could feel them? Or was it me saying, Garrett, get the game? And you went, okay. Quite a few people told me to do it, so I went ahead and went for it. Um, the name of my island is Luchahang. That's nice. Yeah, so I figured, you know, some listeners can come hang at my wrestle island. and We'll fish so, and chat wrestling. So let's give some background because I kind of want to dive into this because I think there's a lot of people playing Animal Crossing right now, uh, given the circumstances across the world. Um, what is your background with video games and how do you usually skew? Like, like for the past 25 years, what would you say there are the kind of video games that you normally gravitate towards and buy? That's a good question. I do a lot of, uh, I think I do more third person action adventure games. A few first person shooters. Occasionally the first person shooter. I'm not huge into those. They make me feel kind of queasy. Didn't you used to like be balls deep in the fucking red faction? Oh, red faction was my shit. And, but we also used to play Duke Nukem together on your computer. Duke Nukem. I was a big fan of the siphon filter games. If you remember those. Yeah. And but we also we played a little bit of Halo. Wrestling games, Tony Hawk. Yeah. So that's typically like isn't like Resident Evil 4 like your favorite game of all time? All-time favorite, yeah. So this is not that. Animal Crossing is it's New Horizons, right? Yeah, and it's it's technically is this barely a game, right? It's a game, Garrett. You would know more than anybody you're playing. I don't know. I'm it's just for pay- the Nintendo Switch. It's brand new for the Nintendo Switch. I'm paying taxes. I'm fishing. I the thing is, as I was making, I was planting a garden in this game, and my wife was outdoors planting an actual garden. What's wrong with that? I think you got the better end of that deal. You didn't get dirty, Garrett. Dive like okay, so like, what were you expecting when you picked this up? What did you think you were getting into with this game? I, you told me I was going to be fishing. I thought I was going to chop down a couple trees. I didn't realize I was going to be chopping trees, collecting wood, making money, and just running back and forth doing that same thing all day long. Are you having fun? Yes, Derek. I've taken a day off because I I felt like I needed to. I felt like I owed myself a day of not fishing and collecting wood and iron nugs. You've been nugs. thinking about it though, haven't you? Yes, I have, Derek. I've been thinking <laughs> about those iron nugs. And Here's, I wa- this this is the thing. The game basically sets it up so that you do 
a lot of real-world tasks in a video game setting, but some of them are tasks that you definitely don't do on the reg, like chop down trees and plant. But you do have to pay back loans, and you do have to reorganize your house and make friends, which you do do in real life. Um, so I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear that you've kind of become a, a fan of the uh, Animal Collective. Of the yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, this is a funny inside joke. Um, or it's just a band. It is a band, but maybe people don't know because Animal Collective isn't nearly as big as, say, Limp Biscuit, Or Fozzie. Or Fozzie. <laughs> uh, or who, who does, uh, who does uh, fucking... Who's the band you saw perform the entrance music for? At uh, Joey Janela's uh, Spring Break? Weedus. Uh, Weedus. <laughs> Oh, that's how you know they're big. Um, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. You, here's the thing. You've been able to do during this period what I would love to do. And I've been trying when I get the chance to just sit down and get sucked into a video game. That's how I used to kill time. Like so many teens before me and after me is just sit down for hours and get sucked into a video game. And I did buy a new video game. I didn't buy Animal Crossing. But I will tell you, I am looking into getting a Nintendo Switch. I do not own one. But between the the stimulus we may be getting from the gov, and between my tax return, and between the bonus pay I've been getting at work because of, you know, the parlance of our times, I may be getting a Nintendo Switch, so I might be able to play Animal Collective with you. Well, I want you to come hang out at the Isle of Lucha Hang. (laughs) So... Why don't, you, why don't you hook our listeners up with your Nintendo Switch Hangout code? That's what I thought was fucking dorky. I found out that you don't have like a name, like a, a username that you locate people with. You have like a, a, a num- set of numbers? It's Connection? a... Yeah, it's like 12 numbers. So just if you want that, message me and you can have it. That's a that's so fucking dorky. Like you essentially have to give out like a, like a credit card number <laughs> to hang out with somebody online. I just love that at any given time I'm seeing like 15 people playing the same game at the same time. Does that make this warm the cockles of your heart? You know, it's we're we're getting closer together here. We can't go outside and fish within six feet of each other, but I can fish with my friend across the country. So you're not angry that I got you hooked on this game? No, uh, well, a little, because mm. I don't see where in a the old world. Remember the old world, Derek? Yes. I don't think I would have ever played this in the old world, but fuck it. We live in the new world now. And the new world is this is how you actually live because it's too scary to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> so Animal uh, Crossing it is. I laugh <laughs> so I don't cry. <laughs> yes. And have a, have a sip of that claw to wash down those tears. How did you know I was pulling a sip right at that moment? I, I felt it in my heart. I'm there with you in spirit. Do you have do you have little KO set up for me? Shit. Okay. You haven't yeah, had he's... him unpacked since you got home. No, he's up. He's up. He's okay. right in front of me. Okay. I was worried that like the tornadoes and stuff got you distracted and you never reassembled. Hey, are you gonna so my birthday's coming up. Yep. Are you gonna drink a beer with me on Saturday over the internet? Yep. We're planning on having a uh, another viewing party. We got the if you get download Google Chrome 
which I assume most of you already had. You uh, just download the Netflix party app. We're going to do a Netflix watch along to Beyond the Ring. Celebrate my birthday the lamest Beyond way the I mat? can think. Beyond the mat. Sorry, I was mixing Dark Side of the Ring and Beyond the Mat. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see if I can get that set up. I've got an older laptop, so I don't know if it's going to like give me the middle finger if I try to download new programs. It's hard to say, but you know there's only one way to find out. Absolutely. Until you try. Until you try. Derek, Either way, I'm going to be having a beer with you on your birthday. I appreciate that. Yeah. Can you, how, how old how old are you going to be this, this weekend, Garrett? I think 33. Yeah. Goddamn right you will be. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, you can ask me any number of questions because we have a fucking podcast together. Who the fuck is QT Marshall? Somebody that AEW wants me to give a shit about, and I don't. So I was watching AEW After Dark, you know, the sexier show. What? Uh you mean yeah. the one that was broadcast in broad daylight? <laughs> <laughs> Irony. Yeah, well, they had QT Marshall on there, and it seems like his gimmick is he has an apple. Yep. How's that? It's like he's a combination of it's a, he's a combination of Carlito and Matt Stryker with his teacher gimmick. Holy Somewhere shit! I was gonna there. say he seemed like a gym coach. A little bit. Why does that require a holy shit? Why does it require a holy shit? You said holy shit. I was going to say he's a gym coach. Well, because you said the teacher thing. Like, that's the oh, vibe like, I get from this guy. Uh, but, right. I, but it's not yeah. strong enough of a vibe that that's his character. Yeah. Uh, did you see that Robert Anthony was on AEW After Dark? Yeah, Sean Spears didn't treat him too nice. That was fucking wild to me when I saw that. Did you I mean, watch the match? I, I only saw like a few clips of them wrestling together, so no, not the whole match. I at first was excited. I thought that, oh shit, he got signed. He's going to be the guy that fills that spot. But really, he was there for uh, Sean Spears to kind of treat like shit. Well, that's what Sean Spears does. But they did say that Robert Anthony has been wrestling for 20 years. Yeah, he's he's a vet. Think about that. He's been wrestling since 2000, dog. Since the turn of the millennium. Since before you saw the movie Dodgeball for the first time. Since Jennifer Lopez had that sweet fucking roof party with the green lasers. <laughs> While she was waiting for tonight. And she was bathing in a sea of uh, shiny shit. That is claw number two in an in record setting time. We are 15 minutes into this podcast and he is on his second claw. Hey, it's the apocalypse. You gotta, you, there's no time to pace yourself. You are a true professional. I admire your work ethic. Garrett. Um, I didn't know until you said something today that GCW was running empty arena shows. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, they ran a show called the acid cup. And they did it for two nights and I didn't just get it. Just like WrestleMania. Just like WrestleMania. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would make that comparison. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Though they did what you wanted. They had a cardboard cutout there instead of a person at one point. Absolutely. Uh, it was of Pitbull. Oh my God. Yeah. It felt like my worlds were colliding. Yeah. 
You were like, I did this when I went to Vegas. I didn't get a chance to watch the main event, but uh, Nick Gage, I hear, did destroy the Pitbull cardboard cutout. Was the idea that since you can't have the world there, you can have Mr. Worldwide there? Mr. Worldwide represents all of us. Yeah. It's and a Nick small Gage world was... after all. <laughs> I would have... If you had told me that Nick Gage had done like the shit he does to psych himself up before a match at the cardboard cutout of Pitbull... <laughs> yeah! Fucking gang related. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking grabs that thing's shoulder or hypothetical shoulder since it's two dimensional. But yeah, I really only got to so far. I watched a few matches off of it. Uh, The first one, KTB versus Cole Raddick. KTB did a move I had never seen before, which was uh, towards the end of the match. He ended up doing it was essentially a rage razor's edge into a go to sleep. That's pretty, that sounds wild. Like, I, how do you, I can't imagine that. Like, you flip how, him up over, and then as he's coming down, the knee came up. It seems like something you could only do with somebody so much smaller than you. It also seems like a move you could invent on a pro wrestling video game, like, with, a, like, a create a finisher that works in the game but not in real life. What do you want to combine to make uh, your, your new signature move? I want to combine a power bomb into a uh, pile. I don't know. What is, why, way to put me on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. But there was a match on this show that really, really, it, it tickled my fancy. It hit me just right. It was exactly what I wanted in the moment. All right. What is that? It was a Jordan Oliver, who's part of that group, Young, Dumb, and Broke versus one of his team members, Ellis Taylor. First time I've seen a wrestler named Ellis. That's it. That's the whole reason I was excited. No. (laughs) But no, it was uh, two guys who were supposed to be best friends fighting each other, and they kicked the absolute shit out of each other in front of, you know, 10 GCW wrestlers. Is that what the... like? So the people were on the outside that were working the show? Yeah, so if after you were done wrestling, it seemed like you just walked back out. The whole if you think MJF is good as being a member of the audience, wait till you don't see him, but just hear Nick Gage shouting things like, Yeah, break his fucking jaw. <laughs> you just hear very that specific <laughs> with where he wants the injury to occur. <laughs> not not just fuck him up. Although I'm sure he said that too. Is it weird? Like the, I've been trying to wrap my mind around this a lot. Are we in quarantine essentially like what week two? This is week two of the new world. I think I'm in week three, but yeah, I think most are in week two, right? You've been in the new world since you got back. Like, because you got back and then a storm hit and you were in the new world. Yeah, I've lived in the Thunderdome since uh, we saw that tag match. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, after we saw the tag match, you did hunker down in my apartment for a couple of more days after that. Was coronavirus a threat at that point? On the, Yes. Over, like, I mean, I'm sure it was in the United States to some extent at that point. Maybe like I know it was like big in Washington and starting in New York, but I also it's so wild to think that there were probably like a lot of international people there 
for Revolution here in Chicago, and the event went on with thousands of people in attendance, and we weren't thinking about that in the slightest. And no, I we were thinking about that sick match we saw. <laughs> You're still thinking about it like it just happened five minutes ago. <laughs> How many times have you watched it since then? Um, just just None, the once right? at your place. Yeah. Maybe you need to go back and watch it since you've had all this time. What if it turns out it's not as good as I remember it? I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to live in that. <laughs> you like the idea of the memory. <laughs> I don't um, want to adjust that memory. <laughs> I just want to take a moment. That like, have you wrapped your mind around the fact that like years down the line, we're going to have to explain to people that there was a period where wrestling kept happening, but we just did it in front of nobody. I think that's like, like across the board. Like this, like th- this hasn't happened before. Well, it just makes it more like a real TV show. In what way? And that, uh, you know, it's just they're fucking going out there and acting and then fighting. This episode of Monday Night Raw is brought to you in front of a live studio audience. Like that, that you're so used to that that now it's like, yeah, it's just like a real sport. Well, and tonight it essentially did have a laugh track on it for AEW. In what way? They didn't have anyone around the ring this time. But they had a camera set up backstage in like a green room where four of the wrestlers were watching and making a shit ton of noise and yelling and stuff. And they would kind of keep cutting in and out of that room so that you would be hearing somebody cheering. Okay, so you were getting reactions from people. Well, that seems dangerous to have all those people in a confined space. How many was it? Four. Who was it? Um, The only one I could recognize was Kip Sabian. Okay. But I, QT Col- Marshall might Cabana? have been. No Colt Cabana. Damn it. Oh my God. On last week's Dark, uh, Colt Cabana had a match on there, but the reason I bring up last week's Dark, so the main event ended up, because it was mostly jobbers versus AEW guys, right. and they had Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela on a tag team together, and I don't know if they just had a bunch of extra pyro left over, but Joey Janela got the most fucking pyro I've ever seen in my life <laughs> on AEW Dark, and no one looked more surprised than him. It just... <laughs> maybe t- maybe Tony Khan and Joey Janela got into it, and he's like, I'm only showing up if you give me that sweet-ass fucking pyro. And in his mind, he just meant, like, some pyro. And then Tony Khan was like, all right, fine, fuck. And he threw on, like, ten tons of fucking black powder. He said sweet-ass pyro. Let it go for 30 seconds. Uh, can we take a moment to once again appreciate that sweet pyro that Orange Cassidy got at Revolution? <laughs> <laughs> that half-assed pyro. <sighs> uh, I, I didn't get a chance to watch AEW this week. I'm bummed. Um, I've only missed a couple episodes since it started. Like, was was the energy from this week as good as last week's? I think as far as the matches and everything, it didn't hurt it not having wrestlers around the ring. I think they did a good job keeping the noise. Uh, they didn't have Excalibur and JR and Taz on commentary. They had, it ended up being a combination of Tony Schiavone, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes all night. How did that trio work? Well, it wasn't usually the three of them. Uh, Cody was on it a lot. And Cody, I really enjoyed. He was more kind of talking the psychology of everything. 
Cody is kind of a a student of every aspect of the game, isn't he? He worked so well on commentary. I could easily see him being thrown back out there again in a similar situation. So he worked a match against Jimmy Havoc, right? Which I guess Jimmy Havoc's out of timeout. I guess so. What What's the story there with why Jimmy Havoc was put into timeout in the first place? Uh, well, I never got an official that he was in timeout, but he did try and fist fight Excalibur while he was drunk in front of Tony Khan. And that didn't work out for Jimmy Havoc is the story, right? Yeah. So what I understand is Excalibur like basically ducked a punch and then put him to sleep. Yeah. Don't fuck with Excalibur. Don't. You forget that that man was a wrestler at one point. <laughs> Just like what did Colt say last week? I'm a wrestler too. <laughs> I'm also a wrestler. Uh, how did the uh, Kenny Omega Sammy Guevara match work? I thought it was pretty cool that they had a match for the AAA title. Like, is Kenny's hand almost back to normal, or how, what was the story there? I mean, the entire match was basically Sammy working that hand. Which means it has to be at least okay. It's still it's still in the cast, but I I assume he's probably still banged up, but at least well enough to continue. Especially given the circumstances, like they they because originally blood and guts was supposed to be this this uh, week. I think it makes sense that they kind of held off on that one. Well, I no, I absolutely agree. Is it, it? It's just wild to think that you know a month ago, that was the big announcement at Revolution. And then here we are just, you know, like a few weeks later and everything's kind of put on hold and the world is, as you have said, the world is different. It's a new world. It's our new world where the one thing that did catch me off guard uh, of as far as our new world goes, all the commercials in between the matches were fast food commercials about coronavirus. Basically reassuring people you can still get food from them. Yeah, they're like, hey, we're going to put the food on a tray and hand it to you, and you pick it up from this tray rather than our hands. It's going to be fine. We're gonna, you're going to love it. Get a, a sandwich of Popeyes. I, one of the reasons I love doing this show with you is we have the ability to kind of steer the show wherever we want at a moment's notice. So prepare to take a, a, a detour with me, Garrett. What have your eating habits been like since we've entered the new world? You want me to admit to these people that you've gotten me turned on to this Popeye's chicken sandwich. Honestly, that's not at all what I was trying to do. But now that you bring that up, yeah, I want to hear more about that. I was, I really was going to use that as a segue to talk about how upset I am that I'm doing so much ordering of food. Oh, no, I've to me. I've been uh, been cooking a lot more, actually, in the new world. Last night, I prepared a nice uh, sausage risotto. <laughs> And you've been stuffing your face with fucking Popeye's chicken sandwiches. And Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Because, you know, there's one right around the corner and it's barely leaving my house, right? Yeah. The is com- there a drive-thru? There is. I hit the drive-thru. They hand it to me through a window. We pretend like it never happened. And that hasn't affected your bowels in the slightest. No, I feel like uh, since I quit my job, my bowels have been fine. <laughs> That's fantastic news, Garrett. (laughs) (laughs) That's the news that our listeners want to hear. And I'm glad that I could drag that out of you. Yeah, that's that's the true big news. I feel like 
because it's wild. Like, I don't know. See, here's the thing. You hear about all these major cities and all the stuff they're going through. I haven't really heard anything about what's happening in Nashville during this crisis. Like, what's the Nashville scene like? Like, are there, like, I don't know how many people are infected with coronavirus there. I don't know what the the fear level is. Like, paint a picture for people, like, of what the Nashville scene is like. We're not on that, like, the official lockdown, but we're on that one where the mayor says, it'd be cool if y'all stayed at home. And Garrett's like, well, I was anyway, so awesome. I'm in compliance. Leah just goes, she goes, oh, you've been preparing for this your entire life. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I didn't understand the resistance to you buying a new video game. (laughs) Okay, you're like, tell me if I should. I'm like, what the fuck else are you going to (laughs) do? What, what are you talking about? You have to be convinced? Well, I've been reading comic books. You know, my the new world, I've got a new schedule. Like I said, I, I just feel guilty. Like, like I know that Uber Eats and um, DoorDash are doing, like, free delivery here. And then, believe it or not, people, I'm I'm even though I'm in Chicago, I'm not above eating some chain pizza from time to time. And, yes, I spent $11 the other day getting a couple things from little Caesars delivered to my front door. And it was worth <laughs> every fucking penny. $11. I got a large pizza and some Italian cheese bread and sauce brought to my door for $11. Steal of the century. That's like Ooh, when I, li- no, no, no. That's like when I lived in LA and I would eat Chipotle, people would get pissed off at me. That's, Chipotle is a pretty popular chain, though. Like, I mean, it's kind of a there's kind of a hipster tone to it. What? I think Chipotle is kind of hipsterish. I think it's just a regular restaurant. And you're like, yeah, that's something a fucking hipster would say. <laughs> that's an absolutely a regular restaurant. Yeah, it's just like Subway. Right? Fat, is that what you're getting at? Fast food made fresh. Mm-hmm. Who are you trying to convince? Yourself? Or the listeners? All of us. I think it's overrated. There's something that we didn't talk about on this show that deeply affects me. On this episode or the last one or what? Any episode. Any fucking episodes of the New World. You're you're beginning this complaint by saying, Derek, I haven't brought this up on the show. It's kind of your fault. Yeah, you should have brought this up. This is something that when this news was announced... You should have been the one calling me, texting me, making sure I was okay. The stuff about Rob Gronkowski? Dude, the second I saw the Gronk dancing down that stage on Monday Night Raw, I knew that WrestleMania was in fine hands, and it's going to be really good. (laughs) (laughs) Can you push that tongue into the cheek a little bit harder, buddy? I am not pushing it. I can tell you, when he did that (laughs) dance, I knew I'm going to watch all 25 hours of this event. I know one of the last things I heard before I fell asleep last night in the comfort of my bed is I was listening to the uh, Wrestling Observer podcast with Brian Alvarez and uh, Dave Meltzer. Is <laughs> Meltzer was bringing up the fact that he's like and and that and that way that's how WWE <laughs> thinks they're going to make somebody a babyface. That fucking shit right there. Come out and do that fucking dance in front of nobody. And surely the people will love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Great logic. No. Okay. Let me pull you back. I know you got to get something off your chest. 
What am I in trouble for for not bringing up to you? Why haven't you asked me about Fast and Furious's delay? Oh, I didn't hear anything about it. Derek, they pushed its release date back from uh, May to next year. I mean, you'll be all right. You've got Animal Collective to play. (laughs) Derek, I was so close to a new Fast and Furious movie. John Cena was Dominic Toretto's brother in this one. All I'm sitting around thinking is, are they going to end up delaying my my precious Ghostbusters movie? That's all I'm sitting around worried about. I haven't seen anything about Fast and Furious. Well, it's not happening for another full year, Derek. So you want to talk about how upset you are? I guess we just did. (laughs) That's all. That's all. You're upset. Have you even seen the trailers for this movie, Derek? They're bringing Han back from the dead. I haven't seen the trailer. I I I was supposed to he- I was supposed to hear you watch the trailer on this show and then you chickened out and didn't do it. No, it turned out what it was was a teaser for the trailer. So what I watched was like 15 seconds. But then right. the, the actual trailer dropped and it was incredible. Yeah, but you didn't wait until the show to watch it like you were supposed to. You did it on your own time and then didn't want to do it on the show. That's because you were trying to get me to wait a full week to watch a trailer. For for the people. For the good of the film. The people understand that Fast and Furious is a big part of my life, and I needed to watch it immediately. The people are not going to lose sleep over the fact that you have to wait maybe until 2021 for the new Fast and the Furious movie. Are you telling sure me there's you... bigger problems out there? <laughs> there are... You and Orange Cassidy are just devastated. This is one of those things where it's like, I understand there's some really huge issues happening, but the problem is I'm not allowed to complain to anyone about Fast and Furious. And if if I can't tell the listeners, who can I tell? Me, I guess. When when the podcast ends and we're just on the phone together. Hey, hey Derek, you know what really chaps my ass? They won't put out... The problem is, and, and this is part of the reason like I, I'm taking this opportunity because I know that people are sick of talking about the Roan, but it's in the news. It's affecting everything, and this is now bled over into your Fast and the Furious franchise. But the thing is, we all feel this way about something. For every single person on this planet right now, something has either been delayed or canceled or whatever because of this. And we all kind of want to cry about it to somebody, but we all also know that the real answer is, eh, it's a delay. You'll be all right. But we still want to be upset. We want to be selfish. I want to be, this is, I think we should all get 30 seconds to be really selfish about something. (laughs) About how inconvenienced you are by this situation? Yes. I, I understand. You're not wrong. Maybe maybe we can use our social media to be an outlet for other people so that they can just be selfish for like one tweet about how upset they are that something that they love has been inconvenienced. No, I don't want that traced back to me at some point. Garrett, that's absolutely what should be traced back to you. Is me being inconvenienced? <laughs> you, you you should absolutely be the what, what's the what's the word for it? You should be the the hub. Of people that are like, well, if Garrett can go on a podcast and complain about the next, what is it, Fast and the Furious 15, whatever the fuck it is, 
Yeah, there, there was a little disdain in my voice when I said that. I'm so sorry. I pulled that back. We all love our own things, okay, Derek? We do. We do. I don't want to shame you. <sighs> I had something I was getting ready to say to you, and it just completely lost my train of thought. Oh, was it going to be something mean? No, it wasn't. It was going to be, um, oh, yeah, just speaking of podcasts and how people can go on the Internet and talk about whatever they want. Did you see yeah. that Apple, they've officially hit one million podcasts? That's how many podcasts are available on Apple. Yeah, you can or, officially. Or on iTunes. There are a million podcasts, and somehow you've stumbled upon this one and continued listening to us for 106 episodes. And we thank you for that. And if you want to say thank you back to us, providing you with weekly content, go to iTunes and give us uh, five stars and leave us a nice review. And if you leave us a nice review, we know for a freaking fact that you have been consuming something during this uh, period the last couple weeks that's related to pro wrestling. If it's something that you're into, suggest it to us and we will talk about it on the show. We are begging for things to talk about on the show. Garrett is not going to get another Fast and the Furious movie. He's got extra time on his hands, especially if he's <laughs> taking a break from Animal Collective. <laughs> he wants to listen or hear or watch. I don't know what the difference between listening and hearing is. Apparently, I'm fucking dumb. You're not dumb, Derek. Oh, thank you. So we hey. finally get to talk about something that you've been wanting to talk about for so long. Is, is the implication in there that you haven't wanted to talk about it? No, I think I've been actively avoiding it. Is there a re can you? Okay, so we're about to talk about Chris Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there a reason why you're like why you're such a pussy about this? Because I feel it, like if we were, I feel like if we were talking about, um, I don't know, Jeffrey Dahmer or fucking you, you have no problem like injecting. Like a fucking like, like a fucking plague, Gigi Allen, into settings where it's not appropriate. You've had no problem doing that, but the Chris Benoit subject you've been dancing around for two and a half years. Why? I want to know why. I just feel like there's nothing good that can come of me talking about it. Why? Because you know you're going to make light of it? Is that what you're going to do? Because I'm going to get uncomfortable at some point and make a joke and it's going to not be tasteful. Mm-hmm. We're going to get you in trouble today. That's what I'm determined to do. <laughs> this whole show is just me trying not to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's going to cancel us? Apple? Like, we've hit our one million mark. <laughs> we got we to gotta trim the fat. Predetermined. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> what the fuck? No, uh, let's talk about because I, I, I'm not. I understand. Let I'll, I will flat out tell this story since I know you're not comfortable telling this story. Back in 2007, when the news about the Chris Benoit incident first broke, first broke, and I let Garrett know about this. Garrett's joke that he made at the time when I said that Chris Benoit had died was. What, did he try the flying headbutt again and missed? He missed that move a lot. He missed that move as about as frequently as Ric Flair fails to do anything from the top rope. <laughs> I'm just telling it like it is. And Garrett made it funny. So that is why, and, and I think I shamed you over making that joke. 
and you felt like it was a good joke. And now here we are years later, and now we have a public platform, and you're a little more uncomfortable <laughs> making that joke when it's beyond just us. So I get it. It's a heavy subject. And I just want to say that the people uh, producing Dark Side of the Ring did a fantastic fucking job on episode one of season two of this series, diving into this subject. Because there was a lot of stuff that I knew about in relation to, like, you know, the Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit stuff. But I learned things. I learned things that I had no clue about. Like, what was new information for you? I had no fucking clue that Eddie Guerrero died in Chavo Guerrero's arms. I, I was always under the assumption they found him dead. That he was still alive when Chavo found him. Like, and here's, there was other things. I didn't know that, uh, so, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we got to go back and cover from start to finish, but we found out that, uh, Nancy Benoit's sister and Chris Benoit's other son, David got reunited for the first time since that incident in 2007 they got reunited during All Out Weekend uh, here in Chicago back in late, what was that, late August, early September? Yeah. Jericho got them to reunite for the first, like, and that was how the episode ended. And that was a super emotional, like, I had a tear in my eye watching that moment. When uh, Isn't it da- like looking at David uh, Benoit, he looks so much like his dad that it's freaky. Yeah, especially like what in the eyes? Yes. Yeah. Um Yeah, like like David got choked up at the end and Chavo had to come on screen and comfort him and then Nancy's uh I can't think of her name. Do you off the top of your head do you remember her name? His, her uh sister? Yeah. No, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I feel bad about that. It seems disrespectful, but I just can't remember. It was Nancy Benoit's sister and they they all kind of hugged and and it was an emotional, and when you realize that, like, any feelings you've been having—not I don't mean you in particular—but um, us as wrestling fans, like, any feelings we have on the subject is kind of dumb and selfish. When you see these people struggling with it, do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did <sighs> watching this documentary? Did you think it made him more of a sympathetic character? Well, see, this is what I, f- I felt like you were uncomfortable with this because you, you're trying to avoid that. But ever since, see, I don't know if it makes him more of a sympathetic character. I just know that it makes all CTE related discussions more serious. Like if you didn't take it serious, like if you don't understand how horrible concussions are, I mean, shit, they worked that that when they were going over all the different like unprotected uh, headshots with chairs that wrestlers take and Jericho was talking about it, like, like how brutal it was. And you just kind of had, it was part, it was a rite of passage. They worked in that, <laughs> that Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit ladder match that we were talking about just a, like a month ago. And you know, where... the editor was like, he did the same thing we did. yeah (laughs) like fucking heifer from Rocco's modern life um that's a hoot yeah 
I think it's just fucking wild. I mean, and this was within our lifetimes. This was 20 years ago. Guys were still getting smashed as hard as you could possibly imagine across the fucking face and top of the head with a chair. And like Chavo said on the documentary, it's like he starts looking around at everyone in the locker room. You go, well, we've all got it. <laughs> like you look around at your coworkers like, well, we've all got it. It's just a matter of who who has it worse than others. And is somebody else on the verge of snapping. Everybody but Matt Justice, of course. <laughs> who you are still trying to discourage from doing it. He says that he is not susceptible to CTE. That is so fucking bullshit. Hey, he's the one taking the chair shots to the head and he says he's fine. Does he have family at home? I hope not. <laughs> so it, uh, let's, let me ask you, um, do you feel like it makes Chris Benoit more of a sympathetic character when you know how his son feels and how like some of his coworkers feel? Well, today um, I I had a an internet date with our buddy Jeffy Wrestling, and we were watching some some matches together, and we got on this discussion. And I think where we kind of came to was, I think it's going to be okay to watch a Chris Benoit match and appreciate a Chris Benoit match, but I don't think that I'm ever going to find myself advertising a Chris Benoit match anymore. Did you feel like you were going to anyway? I don't know. If I watched a match and it was just, you know, incredible, it would be, I just, I feel like I would keep it to myself. I know that I, I've seen different discussions pop up from time to time. And a lot of times, like when people ask, well, what's like one of the greatest triple threats of all time? The, his main event from WrestleMania 20 is frequently brought up as like I I I think it's all a philosophical difference between people. Like do you feel like that the moment he became a murderer and a murderer against, you know, a woman and a child, does that mean you can't talk about that person's history? Like well, who was was it fucking John Wayne Gacy who was also like like he painted? Yeah, a lot was of it, the serial killers made art. Right. Like, is, is it is it inappropriate to be like, well, because people have no problem digesting serial killer documentaries all the time. I just find it weird. Like, I don't think I don't want Chris Benoit going into the Hall of Fame and I don't have to like what he became. But it's it's like one of those things like when you talk about somebody who has a mental illness, do you take that into consideration or do you or do you just view? No, whatever they did, that's who they are. That's why I think it's going to be that it's okay to continue watching his shit, but I think it's a touchy subject to bring it up to anyone. So I don't think it's like, you know, polite dinner party conversation unless you're eating with us. (laughs) Trying to imagine what dinner party you're at. I guess it is the new world. So maybe that will come up at your video chatted dinner party. (laughs) That's true. I need to have a dinner party soon. Um, I did think they did a good job of kind of something that, you know, people know, but nobody had really said out loud at that point. Like when they were talking about the career of like Eddie Guerrero and how he passed and it was a tragedy. And yet his career is, you know, he's a legend and he's revered. And yet he's so 
closely related and tied to Chris Benoit and they were cut from the same cloth. And yet, you know, Chris died by his own hand and, and murdered his family. And he's essentially blackballed. Like, like Chris Jericho said, you can't even say Nancy Benoit's name because of her last name. I, did you, did you walk away from it feeling bad for his, for David? Uh, yeah, I felt terrible for him. Like, because he said that he got bullied and stuff after it. But, you know, uh, until we knew more about CTE, he did just seem like a straight up monster. I mean, I, I think the concussion stuff w- was was being investigated, like, within the year, year or two after it happened. Like, I think that was pretty mainstream news. I think it wasn't until this, like, some of these stories started coming out of the NFL with the lawsuits against the NFL. And especially now in hockey, it's a story in hockey now, too, about like how serious concussions are and why the leagues need to do more to protect the, the players against concussions. I don't know, man. It's it, it is, I understand why it's an uncomfortable subject. I also think it's a fascinating it was it was the most prime story for that series to cover was that was the Chris Benoit uh, murder suicide. And I mean, it choked me up. I, like even like the Eddie Guerrero stuff choked me up. I'm glad that they used that as a setup and it did feel a little weird because I mean, as we've talked before on our own time, um, there's a lot of like Chris Benoit conspiracy theories. You said you've read the book, Chris and Nancy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What? What the fuck are you laughing about? I wasn't laughing. I was trying to hold in a sneeze right as you asked me that question. <laughs> I just heard you fucking erupt with like what sounded like a laugh. And I was like, that wasn't funny. <coughs> you blowing your nose now? No, that was me sneezing a second time. You got the roan? No, dog? it's fucking allergy season, man. I think you got the roan. Stop saying the roan. Did you feel like it was necessary for them to include the Kevin Sullivan stuff? Was that an important part of the story? You're, you're for, the first thing that came to mind when you said necessary was the quote from Dodgeball where he's like, necessary? Is it necessary no. for me to drink my own urine? No, no, but it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> I mean, I know that his name gets brought up in some of the conspiracies conspiracy theory shit i just didn't know no i think if you're gonna bring it up it's it's okay to bring you want to i mean if you're making a two-hour documentary you want to include all of the story but is that part of the story ultimately because they never even hinted at anything with it it was just like nancy was in an abusive relationship with a former wrestler kevin sullivan and then she met chris benoit like why didn't the story just pick up with with her meeting chris I think it's an interesting part of the story that the on-screen storyline, you know, took form into a real thing. And that he at one point, I guess maybe I guess you could argue that that was them trying to make Chris seem like more of a sympathetic character and that they made it seem like he saved Nancy from Kevin Sullivan and got her out of that situation. Doesn't he didn't he like still work there forever? Wait, who? Kevin Sullivan? Like at WCW? Yeah. Or no, doesn't didn't he work for WWE as well? I'm not sure. I, I know I remember him from WCW. I don't know if he ever made it over to WWE. 
fair. Anyways, what did you? I mean, what did you think of the 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 documentary? Like, what like what would be your summation of what you watched? Because I mean, I love the shit out of it. I guess I had read that book and I had gotten a lot of the conspiracy theories and a lot of the story from that. So I was kind of hoping to get some new information. And I didn't really get it, but I liked being able to get it from his friends and family's mouth. So I think it was if like, for instance, I showed it to my wife and she very much enjoyed watching it with me. So I think it's something that if you have somebody in your life that is into, you know, dark shit like serial killers and whatnot, this is a true crime documentary you could show to your wife. And uh, somebody could enjoy as well. Did it creep you out seeing like, like finally seeing like official pictures from inside the house, like right as the police arrived? I think the thing that fucked me up the most was watching him cry during the Eddie tribute. Yeah. Because it makes you realize like, cause that was, I mean, what, like a year and a half before he died. Yeah, that would have been November 2005. And he died in 2007. Yeah. So. It was like a year and a half. Yeah. It's just knowing that in that moment, he was fucked up. Like he was breaking. Like he was. Yeah. We were watching a broken man at that point. I think the other thing that hits me like when I watch that was I really, I I always get surprised by this because I always forget that I saw Eddie wrestle like eight days before he died. That's crazy. In Springfield or St. Louis? In St. Louis. I saw him wrestle on a house, uh, a SmackDown house show at Savas Center, which is now Scott Trade Center, which is now Enterprise. What is it? <laughs> Enterprise Center? Enterprise Center. Yeah. it's 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 been through some name changes. Um yeah, I saw Eddie wrestle Batista for the WWE Championship or the World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, it's just weird because I remember at the time thinking that something looked off with him, but not being able to put my finger. And maybe that's just me like now in hindsight trying to fill that shit in. But I've seen remember my friend Sean. We were both thinking the same thing that he looked a little sickly. Um, It's just like I said, I think it just weirds me out like that's a time period that I was really hardcore into wrestling. Like I was going to shows every few months for WWE and Chris Benoit was champion during that time. And Eddie Guerrero was, you know, like champion. And, and it was weird watching that documentary and being like, man, just such a heavy fucking feeling comes as like the climax of that. Basically almost the end of the ruthless aggression era. Um, so was those two deaths. So he was a big part of the ruthless aggression era then. Benoit? Yeah. Yeah. Like I I mean I can't stress to you when you if you go back and watch those ruthless aggression um that series on the WWE network, which I've seen all of so far. Yeah. And it's good shit. But um I mean Paul Heyman made it a point that he wanted specific like you would have loved SmackDown back in the day if you had been watching. Like SmackDown was the wrestling show and SmackDown had like Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero and uh, like a bunch of other people. Um, I mean, it, it, like I said, it was, it was the wrestling show and, and Paul Heyman made it a project. Chris Benoit won the Royal Rumble um, from the number one spot. I mean, that, that's, that's like the ultimate Royal Rumble push. 
And Chris oh, Benoit sure. won, won the Royal Rumble from the number one spot and then jumped to Raw to challenge Triple H and Shawn Michaels for the World Heavyweight Championship in the main event at WrestleMania. And again, I can't stress this enough that we may lose this in hindsight. WrestleMania 20 was built as the, like, they put so much effort into making it, like, the biggest WrestleMania of all time at that time. Like, the slogan was, where it all begins again. It was back at Madison Square Garden. Like, they were giving Benoit the fucking keys to the kingdom at the biggest show ever. And we've I mean, covered that match on here before, right? Yeah, I believe so. I remember I mean, that. You, that's a great match. It's a, it's, like I said, it's considered one of the greatest triple threats of all time. So is it kind of crazy that they're doing that ruthless aggression thing and having to avoid talking about him? It is. It's absolutely because because he, he was the champ. It. Yeah. <laughs> like, and here's the other thing. His championship reign didn't last as long. And neither did Eddie's, I guess, technically. But to me, they were the two defining champions of that era. Because it was like that WrestleMania 20 ending was such a big fucking deal. And. Eddie, to me, is one of the all-time greatest WWE champions, period. Like, I would, like, I mean, I understand people think of Hogan and they think of Stone Cold, but I think as far as when you think of somebody winning the title and it being a big deal and being happy for the person who has the title, it's hard to think of anybody better than Eddie. And Chris had that similar fucking story. And then in August at SummerSlam, they chose, and this was a surprise at the time, they had Benoit drop the World Heavyweight Championship to then Randy Orton. Like, Benoit transitioned that title over to who was then, at that time, the youngest WWE champion in history. And it, it's weird for them. Like, when they show Orton winning the World Heavyweight title for the first time and they're doing everything they can <laughs> to avoid showing Benoit, it's just like, fuck, man. Like it's again, it's it's probably the right thing to do, and but it, on the same token, I'm glad that we got this dark side of the ring episode in because it it's an elephant. Like it, I felt like some sense of closure on the subject after I finished watching this. Like I felt like I'd heard from all of the right people. I don't need to sit here and speculate about conspiracy theories anymore. I heard from the police officers. I heard from his family and friends. Like. To to your point about not bringing him up as dinner conversation, I don't know if I, beyond this podcast, if we really need to, unless you want to go into some of his matches. Which I don't know that I necessarily would like to, but I, that being said, if they come in, if they fall into my lap, I'm going to watch them, but I'm probably not going to promote that we are. If I mean, we fucking watched um, a Chris Benoit matches as, as a request. Is a request. Yeah. You didn't have to fulfill it if you were that uncomfortable with it. No, I'm not uncomfortable with it. I, I'm more uncomfortable with being like, we should include more Chris Benoit. You know, he murdered his family, oh. but he wasn't really that bad of a guy. Oh, no. But, but do you feel like I'm making that argument? No, but that feels like what it's going to feel like. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well, I'll keep that in mind from now on. If if somebody recommends something, we'll we'll check it out. But no, I don't think you need to glorify the man's career. I mean, I think Jericho said it best. He damn near killed pro wrestling. What he did almost killed pro wrestling. So, and, and, and here's the thing. 
the next episode is going to involve New Jack attempting to kill people <laughs> in the ring. Oh my god, that's what... Yeah, New Jack knifed that guy. He fucking threw a guy off all those fucking... On the scaffolding. Wait, is the entire the next episode just about New Jack? The new the next episode is about New Jack. That is crazy. They're also doing Owen Hart this season. Oh, shit. So, if you, if you thought that we were just getting heavy shit out of the way, and it was going to be lighthearted the rest of the season, that's not the case at all. Well, I didn't think the dark side of the ring was going to go light <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I think, like, I don't know. I, I'm hearing rave reviews from people uh, who watched this last night. I had watched part one on my own on YouTube days ago. So I got to watch part one again, and then they added on part two. So, Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, and yeah, like Derek said, both parts are up on YouTube. So you can hop on and give it a watch for yourself. Um. Are you excited about WrestleMania? I've asked you this before the Roan. Are you excited about two-night WrestleMania with no crowd? Derek, I don't know if I need to repeat myself, but I will. When I saw the Gronk dancing down that ramp, I knew everything (laughs) was going to be okay. Are you going to get a Gronk shirt? If he's officially signed to WWE, like, do I know much about his football career? No. Do I know he's got pretty great dance moves and it comes off as pretty unlikable? Yeah, I do know that. <laughs> so that means it's turned back. He's he's the dark order of WWE right now. <laughs> he absolutely is. That's a great comparison. But Brody Lee has legitimized the dark order for AEW. And daddy eats first. I don't know if you knew that, Derek. <laughs> That was a big yeah. thing that was covered tonight on AEW. Um, so what? WrestleMania is not this weekend, but the next weekend. Yes. God damn. I, I I'm being straight up with you. I am so deflated. Like I I feel bad at how little I give a shit. That's so crazy to me because we're still stuck inside, and we need something to watch. You don't have sports. Like to me, having two nights of WrestleMania seems like a treat. I just, there's something about watching WWE with no crowd that gives me such an anti-boner. Like, it's it's depressing to me. And it has something to do with just the way WWE, I'll give credit to Raw. They did understand that you can't keep doing the same damn camera angle, and the hard cam got moved so that it faces the stage. Like, I think that sprucing things up like that makes a bunch of sense. But... Man, I don't know. Like, it's just not WrestleMania season to me. It's not. And maybe that's part of the reason. I've been having a hard... I've been struggling lately, man. And part of it's because I feel like, like I said last week, a lot of the stuff I love has been taken away. And, yeah, I'm getting WrestleMania, but it's not really WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania with a big fat fucking asterisk next to it. So... (laughs) Do Do you not feel that way? Or are you just happy for anything you can get? I'm happy that something's happening at all is really kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm just looking for TV, but I am excited that it's being pre-taped. So who knows? This could be the most cinematic fucking WrestleMania you've ever seen in your entire life. (laughs) Are they going to put some fucking John Williams as the score to WrestleMania? Who Who knows? They literally could score it just to make it less awkward now. 
Here's can I ask a legitimate question about this? Who like so for next year? Let's assume the world goes back to the old world. Where does where's WrestleMania next year? Do they try it in Tampa Bay again, or do they go to where they were scheduled to? No, we're going to go to L.A. next year. We miss Tampa. <laughs> that's that's what they're going to say. To us. Do you know that? The, I'm telling you right now. I've made the executive decision. We're going to L.A. next year. We're so done with Tampa. Fuck Tampa. Fuck Tampa. We're done with Tampa. We've we Tampa had a good run, but it didn't work <laughs> out. It wasn't meant to be. I'm sorry, Tampa. I'm sorry, Tampa, but LA's next year. Just admit that you're more upset about missing out on all the other shit that was going to happen there besides WrestleMania. I am very sad that I'm not getting to see Nick Gage at Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Man, I feel bad for Effie. I feel bad for everybody that's going to be missing a big payday. Yeah, me too. Especially, it did- just sucks. I don't remember if we talked about this last week. Did we talk at all about how bad WrestleCon is getting fucked in Tampa? I thought that they got saved. I thought I thought that their their deal with the hotel they like they worked it out. Oh, did that finally get worked out? I haven't been on Twitter in a bit, so it's Yeah, no. Oh, last I heard that got worked out. Like there was a lot of pressure. Like basically it was like the owners of the hotel who were fucking over WrestleCon, but then once the executives heard out like heard about it, they were like, "No, fuck that. That's not happening." Like, like you're once not fucking them over. <laughs> once Chris Jericho sent out a tweet, then it was all done. My favorite things are when I see Jericho using the power of social media to get what he wants. Like I've seen him throw multiple airlines under the bus when they fuck him over, and it's just immediately corrected. I don't have enough followers to for that to matter for me. Chris Jericho had so much power that he tweeted at me in the middle of the night to fix our relationship. <laughs> Jericho extended an olive branch to me. I'm never going to get over that. <laughs> Neither am I. It happened to me. Well, Derek, if somebody else wants to send us a message at social media, where would they do that? Hey, there's a lot of ways you can send us messages on social media. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, at WrestleHangout. You want to reach out to us on Facebook, even though it's kind of half-assed right now because Facebook fucked us over. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, We're at WrestleHangout on Facebook. We're also on Instagram, at Predetermined Podcast, if you want to reach out to us on Instagram. And we also have a Gmail, PredeterminedPodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a message. Uh, If there's something you think we should check out, something uh, you want to pass along to us to talk about on the show, go ahead and do that. If you want to just send us fan mail and gush about how good this show is, I'll read that on the air all day. We have a theory that after naming last last week's episode the the Lord's Work, we picked up uh, a few downloads from the Bible Belt because of the subject matter of that title. Yeah, I noticed some increased uh, <laughs> downloads in different areas that we don't normally get them, and that is my theory for sure. But uh, there are uh, one million options on iTunes for you to listen to as far as podcasts go, and we want to thank you for your time every week listening to this goddamn show. Oh. And yeah, you feel better? I do feel better. And you know what? I Since this weekend is my birthday, Saturday, I will be 33 years old. We're going to all be stuck inside. Get yourself some uh, alcoholic seltzer water. Send, and then uh, just Trulies. send... If I'm not going to shame you if you get Trulies. White Claw is really where it's at. You get a Truly. 
I tried the lemonade Trulies. They're pretty good. What about like if I got like a Bud Light seltzer? Hey, Janella was drinking those on the <laughs> on the uh, acid cup while he was on commentary, and he said they were pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're gonna try to rock out for your birthday. Uh, so thirty three. So mark it on your on your calendar. <laughs> uh, this Saturday, we're gonna have a little wrestle hangout. Yeah. Uh, what time do you think we should do it? Let's set a time right now. Should we do it afternoon or evening? Uh, I'm thinking late afternoon, early evening. So let's say around six or seven. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it around uh, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Okay, sounds good to me. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. That means on the East Coast, that's 8 p.m. West Coast, I don't know. (laughs) Five. That's what, is it? It's five. Two hour hop? It's a two hour difference. Is there nothing in between? But what we'll do is uh, just send us a message of your email address and we'll get you added into the Google Hangout. And we'll all get uh, the Netflix added up there and we'll watch Beyond the Mat together. And he, 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 he's gonna, he's gonna puke. Are you sure that this is the right kind of, uh... (laughs) I mean, I think it's going to be fun regardless, but once again, there's some heavy hitting stuff in this too. Yeah. I think we're all really just here to drink and the Beyond the Mat's going to be on in the background. Yeah, that's true. All right. Fair enough. Thanks All for right, listening, everybody. everybody. Yeah, thanks so much. Hit our goddamn music. <laughs> <laughs>